Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mad Monks Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm Aaron. And we are awesome. <laughs> we just- that's, yeah, no credentials, that. no verification. No, no. We're we, just, we're awesome. <laughs> yes, we Take are. it or leave it. If you can't accept it, then I, you know, we'll, we don't pray, care. we'll, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. Yes, you need prayer <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> might as well pray for you. What, a way, to, what a way to build uh, new <laughs> listeners. Yes. Yeah, we're awesome. If you, if you don't think we're awesome, you suck. And we're going to pray you, for you. You need to see Jesus. <laughs> you need to find Jesus in your heart. Sounds that's like right. an altar call. It's a really rough <laughs> altar call in front of a congregation that really didn't need it. Was just someone in the congregation upset the pastor during the week, so he's just mad. Like y'all need Jesus. We're gonna do, we're gonna do an altar call today. All we're y'all gonna, need Jesus. All y'all need Jesus. Today, this week, you have I have seen and heard things in this congregation and community that would that would make the devil turn to cold ice. Mm-hmm. I just I'm telling you now, people, I preach to now. You need Jesus, and that's I'm right. here to bring him to you. So yeah, that's that's not the church we operate here, though. No, it isn't. It would be it, it, that's not our church. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, God, no. So we're we're gonna open up with uh, what do you like about Christmas, Aaron? I'm <laughs> well, gonna let you well, start yeah. this one off. Well, I don't. Think, I think if we don't mention the Jesus part of Christmas <laughs> on this Something podcast, wrong. we've we've failed in yeah. our mission. Uh, we we would lose the monk title. We'd just be mad. We'd be mad. We're <laughs> mad. I'm mad so anyway. I, so you know, Christmas. What I like about Christmas is, specifically with the Christian faith, is that Christmas represents. Um, the fulfillment of a prophecy of of a lot of prophecies yes. within the Old Testament, um, not in the way that people expected, um, but yeah. it was the prophecy of the son coming to the new king to whatever yada 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 all the stuff. The power of Christmas, though, and I'm going to try and navigate this as with as much just off the top of my head, yeah, um, is that so Mary and Joseph. Um, they were well, they were married, I believe, right? They were. They were just recently married or betrothed yep. or whatever. They were betrothed. To each no, other. so they were they were engaged. They weren't married yet. Yeah, that was yeah. the deal. Good lord. Oh okay. yeah, that's right. So there was that oh, was that dynamic. Goodness. So they weren't yet married. They were betrothed, um, mm-hmm. and then Mary gets pregnant. Yep. Um, and at the time, it would have been a scandal uh, if if rock that, throwing. Right. Well, first of all, they're not married, so mm-hmm. jo- clearly. Joseph has had relationships with Mary, yep. and now we've got a pregnant pregnant Mary. So they've violated the betrothal. They've yep. they've not stayed true for me. Yeah, they've vi- they've mm-hmm. they have. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong here. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of things that could have gone wrong. Joseph could have been like, "I'm out, bye." Like, I don't. This is not worth it. I don't want to do this. Yep. Um, thankfully, he didn't. Thankfully, um, I think the the. The Lord appeared to him in a dream, and like the, all Angel these, did, all yeah. these things happened. Um, but that was that was the ins- that was insulated to Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. I mean, fa- I think we talk about Elizabeth and other other family, mem- other family oh, yeah. members yeah. knew. Yep. But but nobody nobody else in the community knew about what Mary and Joseph the truth. They just yeah. saw that they were pregnant, and I'm sure, sure there was rumors spread and all this stuff. Yeah. And so. We have to. This is going to probably take longer, but here we go. So let's, let's go in both lines on on Mary's side and, and Joseph's side. Yep. Um, the the prophecy requires that Christ, that the Son, come from the line of David. It's true. So primarily, you would look to Joseph's side, and yep. Joseph's side does have the line of David. It's it does. there. Yep. Um, but at some point, but so that that's there. But what I love about the story is is that there is also a line of David on Mary's side. Which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool because no matter what happens, Jesus is coming from the line of David. 
As in, prophesied. As prophesied. Yep. Now on both sides, on Mary's side and on Joseph's side, there are there are tawdry connections. There are tawdry de- de- yeah. de- stories with with the various people that it, that come, came through. Yep. Um, and yet, despite those failings in those family relations and those ancestors, God still uses those two people yep. to redeem their families and to redeem those failings and those sins and all those things, which <laughs> Christ will soon die on. Like in 33 years, Christ is going to the cross to die for those sins anyway. But his mm-hmm. that birth unites that and, and checks the box of descendant of David. Mm-hmm. The other thing it does is Joseph, he, he adopts Christ. He adopts Christ into his family. That's kind of cool, isn't right? it? Well, and so because Christ wasn't biologically Joseph's no, son, he wasn't. That like Mary and Joseph were, they were, they had not consumed their marriage, consummated their marriage, and so you have to you think about that, and you go, well, again, Joseph, he was convinced by God to stick a stick with Mary and all that. He was, yeah. But you have to imagine, and I don't, I'm, we're not going to dive into the conspiracy theories of, you know, Jesus's other brothers or sisters or who they. We, there's I. It's not my, not it's not my gig. I'm sure that there's there's stuff that we could dig into and research, and but I we ain't got time for that. Nope. Um, maybe later. But the reality of it is, is that Jesus was not Joseph's biological son. True. So Joseph had a choice. Joseph could have accepted the birth, but then True. been like, okay, I'm not going to treat this him like my son. I'm not. Yep. You know, whatever, whatever. But what's what matters here is Joseph did. He yep. adopted Jesus into his family. Yep. And he adopted him into his whatever. The cool reverse of that is is that we are adopted into Christ's family. So it's yep. a two it's a two way street almost. Yep. A Joseph's adoption of Christ into his world. Um <laughs> I keep telling you, I keep telling you to go to his bed. Frodo. He was he he was mount he was he was mouthing off at me when I was trying to come in the house. Oh yeah, he's a weirdo. Yep. Well he, <laughs> both he's of a them little elf elfin weirdo. Elfin weirdo, but we but Jesus loves elfin weirdos too. He does. Uh to get back to get us back on topic. <laughs> so the adoption of Christ mirrors our adoption into his kingdom. It does. Thirty three years later, he will die on that cross. Jew, Gentile, no matter who you are. Everybody. You're in. Yep. You're welcomed in. Before, it was the Israelites. They were the God's chosen people. That's right. They, they yep. were the whatever. Yep. yep. And there were Gentiles, which is us. It's anyone, us. anyone outside of the Jewish community or the, Isra- the Israelites. Is, yep. we, should, we should phrase this correctly, the Israelites at the time. Yep. Um, but what Jesus does is he comes in and he says, okay, I've got a new game. My prophecy's coming down. Y'all are in. Everyone's in play. And so when he lands and begins his ministry, he yep. speaks to Jews and Gentiles. He speaks to everyone, Samaritans. To, like, everyone gets a chance to take part. Yep. And so the adoption that Joseph does for Jesus at his birth is then paid off when Jesus adopts us into his family with his yep. death. It's true. And so there's this. Interesting. There's a, it's, and there's a lot more to it. And I, 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 sh- I could pull my notes out, but we're just doing this by the seat of our pants. Off the dome. Off the uh, Yeah. <laughs> Off sure. the dome in Chris's home. <laughs> There's another podcast for you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but like, it's like that's that's the s- almost kind of the sweetness of the Christian faith. It is, and yeah. it, it it is also a a major play. So I had a pastor, Nathan Hoag, um, who is doing. He's pa- he's a pastor out in Inglewood now, um, but he was our he was our young adults pastor many many years ago at yep. um, Cherry Creek Cherry Hills 
Cherry Hills Community Church, um, and he is a big proponent of adoption and fostering. Um, and he has leaned in heavily into that into his I family. I agree with He's him. done a lot of that. But his point with what he with wh- while he was doing that, he said, look, Christ adopted us into his family. Joseph adopted Christ into his. Mm-hmm. The message of Christ's birth and death is one of adoption, is one of helping those who need a home, who need a family, and who need to feel that familial love and that acceptance and that whatever you want to call it. So that is the other layer of what we talk about when we talk about Christ and the adoption and all that is it isn't just like oh cool Christ adopted us and Joseph adopted him it's like okay when we talk about any any element of of Christ's mission as when he was on earth and his his ministry we also have to realize that it wasn't just those three years that he had where he was doing ministry before he died it was his birth was an example to us and it was an example to us to say look you need to be like me you need to be willing and able whenever you can to do that for others, to adopt them. You know, it's the do unto others as you would do unto me or as I've done unto you. Like Christ adopted us into his family with he his did, death. He did. He that, did. That's I never thought about like, that. that's a huge message and that's a huge important dynamic that you can't, we should never, we should never shy away from his yeah. death and, exactly. and, and the root cause of it and, 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 and the suffering he endured and the sins that were, were, were wiped away with his death. Yeah. Um, and, and the new relationship that everyone gets to enjoy with Christ. We can't, we shouldn't forget that, but we also have to lean into the fact that there is so much of Christ's life that we sometimes forget about what, yeah. it, how we should be living our life. Exactly. Now, I'm not here to tell you that everyone needs to go out and suddenly start adopting and fostering. That's not my gig no, here. We're not telling you that. But you need to evaluate mm-hmm. what am I doing with my life to help those in need, yep. to help the poor, to help the widows, to help the ch- ch- children who need, like, there's so yeah. much in the Bible. The orphans. The orphans. There's so yeah. much in the Bible in the new in the in the New Testament. In after after we get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we start kicking into Acts and Romans and Ephesians oh, and Philippians, like yeah. the Church of Ephesus, the Church, the Roman Church, like the yeah. Acts, the Church of like those churches understood the call to s- help the people in need. They did. And yep. I'm I back way 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 back in the day, back in like 2000 to 2000 whatever. Um, I attended a church called Colorado Community Church, and they their tagline for a while they changed their motto a couple times after that things went happened and whatever, but their motto for a long time was a twenty a twentieth century church with a or no a twenty first century church with a first century power, and the idea behind it was hmm. is that they were they were following that model of being a part of the community and being a, ser- <coughs> a servant into the community. Yep. Apparently, I got to drink, keep drinking my coffee, or I cough. I guess. Um, so there's there's that element of because they, and, and Colorado Community Church was a mega church by all yep. definitions. It was. But oh, it was. Th- yeah, it was. And it, it, the idea behind it was like we need to use this mega church power that we have for good. Like, let's get into ministry. Let's get into oh, volunteering. Let's I serve see. the community. I see. I got now, you. did they hit all the boxes all the time? Sometimes, but a big part of the church was we need to be in the community. We need to be supporting local ministries. Uh, and it was incredible to watch when it worked. Later on, with uh, Mark Brewer was the pastor, and Mark Brewer he left the church to go do his own why, thing. That, why does that sound familiar? So he was he was the, he was the pastor of Cherry Creek Press yep. back in the day before he came to Cherry Hills 
um, Community Church, and he was the longtime pastor at Cherry Hills Community Church mm-hmm. um, for a lo- or Cherry uh, no not sorry, sorry not Cherry Creek so Cherry Creek Pres and then he came to Colorado Community Church and he led Colorado Community Church for many years yep. um, and then he got, he left and was called he felt like he was called to California where he did other stuff and whatever um, and then other pastors came in and things kind of got diluted uh, but yeah Mark Brewer was in back in the I would say the late ni- early late nineties into the two thousands. Uh, Mark Brewer was oh, a significant figure in the Denver um, evangelical Christian community. I've heard um, that name. Yeah, he's and he's written books, and he came back to Denver um, to do a church for a while, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, I, don't, it, I was a part of that. It, it kind of started, but it didn't really take off in the way that yeah. we had hoped. Yeah. Um, but he, the, the thing about Mark Brewer is that he understood and had a, had a pulse on, a finger on the pulse of what was going on yeah. in culture and in the, in, the, in America and, and the things, and so Interesting. he he was able to interpret a lot of that and, and relate that to what the church should be doing. Uh, I think the problem when he came back, um, again, no, I don't. This is not a verified thing. Like I don't have this in writing, yep. right? And I don't have this 100. percent Like this is what I know. This is what I think. Um, the church had changed so much by the time he had come back to Denver, uh. um, and even like a lot of past, a lot of churches have changed. And they've drifted away from that ministry. And they've drifted yeah. away from volunteering yeah. and being a part of the community. Um, and it's really, I don't know, it's its a challenge to look at churches today and even like youth groups and um, other things that it's its not the same. And there's, I don't know, there's an absence of, I guess, practical action. Both yeah. in youth ministries and in yeah. children, in, in height and children's ministries and youth ministries and in adult ministries, um, but that's just that's my experience has been my experience recently here yep. and also in Denver when I when we, before we left um, is is that um, hmm. I think we need to be reminded why the church exists exactly and what's the point of it and why Great go to commission a, right go out and make disciples of all nations and yeah. do love like lo- like all these things that you know, are pretty basic and pretty standard. Um, it's just mind-boggling that people don't get that. So, uh, but it's not so mind-boggling because we've lost the truth. We've lost the way. We don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't, we don't, people talk about like, oh, what, you know, what would Jesus do? And it's like, the answer is like, well, I, I think he would tell you to get off your butt and go do something. He would, um, yeah. Or, would. hey, you need to go find a place to work or minister, or you need yep. to find a, a place to do your ministry, be it at your job, be it in your community, be it yeah. in your home, everywhere, your family, you like, or just in your daily trips to the grocery store. That's your ministry. Like, like, like yeah. let's live that. Yeah. Um, but getting people to believe in that um, is, or getting people to not just believe in it, but to want it. Um, Ooh, that's the key to want it. Well, and I think we, I think we've become busy. Like everyone's so busy with everything. Yeah. And I, f- I freely admit, like, some when I get home after work, man, I'm tired. I'm I've, I've oh yeah, you know, this done. coffee is helping on a Friday afternoon. It's very good coffee. Pretty good. Coffee. Yeah, it's not bad. It's got it's got it's got a good taste to it. But so I don't know. I just I don't want to say that, 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 that there's so much wrong with the church that it can't be fixed. And when I say yeah. church, I mean big church, like big C. Yeah. But it's I don't know if we know how to serve our communities well. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know if we do as a big church. Now, locally here, churches, I mean, I know they do work. They I do. Mean, ri- rising up, our my, our Methodist church um, is, is heavily involved in the Methodist church in doing that. And, and with, with rising up and supporting them, they, they, they use our annex, um, our annex facility. Yep. Um, but there's just that extra step of like, like 
there are there is a need for substitute teachers in our community right now. Like we need them. Oh, I've heard y'all need teachers. So well, bad. just even just substitute so the teachers, if they have a sick day, that they can take it or whatever. But we yeah. don't. So my question then becomes: So where are the people? I guarantee you, there are enough churches in this community. If they put a call out and say, "Hey, y'all, the school district needs teachers. You can't talk about your Christ. You can't talk about your Jesus, but you can go in, take a lesson plan, and you can do the work." And they'll train you, and we'll support you through our church, and we'll help you become a better teacher. Like, you can become a better, better substitute, but let's get in our community, and let's make this happen. Let us help relieve the pressure that's on the school district right now, and they need yeah. they need substitutes. Let's get some bodies in there. Let's get some people engaged in where it needs to be. And, yeah, is it going to be messy? Is it going to be? No. Yeah, it is. It's going to be hard. <laughs> but here's the thing. Either we're willing to do the hard work, yeah. which ministry is the hard work, or we just don't want to. It's too hard. It's too or we don't care. I, I, see, I'm, I don't, I'm, a, I'm hesitant to say it, but right? But and I don't, I don't want to accuse the community yeah, here of that. I'm, I hear me loud and clear. If you're trying to get me to say that, that's not what I'm. Or if you're thinking I'm saying, that's not what I'm saying. But no. the church should operate in a way of like, where is your need? I have people. Let me send people. Exactly. That is the you know the armor of God, the feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. Where do you need me? And that doesn't mean you're going to go down to Mexico for a missions trip for a week. No. That might mean, hey, we got to get our house in order in this community. Let's find a way to help. Hey, Boys and Girls Club needs volunteers. You're not going to get paid, but it's volunteer work. Hey, this organization needs some mentors, needs some tutors. Yep. Hey, we need we need substitute teachers desperately who are willing to take a gig at the last minute because teachers are getting sick all the dang time. Where are our churches when there's a need? And I don't have an answer. I don't answer. know where they're at. Well, I, and I, again, I'm, it's not, it's, this is not an accusation. It's more of a, just a desperate question. It is. Of what are we doing with our time and our efforts and our talents? True. And there's plenty of stories in the Bible about the people who had the littlest talent, like the money, and they gave what little they had. Gave it all. Because it was imp- that was what matters. The tithing was important. Yep. And you know, people are like, oh, well, I give my 10%. Great. But what are you doing with your hands and your feet? Where are your hands yeah. and feet in God's green earth? He wants it all, not just part of right. it. Right. We are stewards. We are not just, oh, well, we're just, you know, we're here to assist. We're here to help out Jesus. No, 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 no. We are the stewards of this land. We are the stewards of its people. We are the, stu- the stewards. We are, like, and I think that's what I struggle with because I don't, and I'm, I'm coordinating churches is a hot mess because churches have different ideas, different competing oh, whatever, do. and it's, it's, don't it's, they it's, ever. it's even more challenging in a, in a rural community. Yep. But yeah. I, I just I, I think about it. I'm like, okay, well, we've got a we've got a we've got issues with homelessness. We have a rising up mm-hmm. that needs funded. We have all these needs, and I know we're not a rich community, but I know there are people with financial abilities out oh, there, yeah. and companies and groups and churches who could find a way to make that happen. Yep. And I just I. What you said, go Lord, send me. Where am I needed? Where do it's I need? It's not need. You? I mean, yeah, sure. There's needs in Mexico. There's needs in Guatemala. There's needs all over the world. For missionaries, but if you can step out your front door and if you can identify three things within four miles that could probably use the church's help, maybe you should focus there first. You know, that's an interesting thing because I had a pastor one time. I, there was a guy that I met. He was wanting me to come to Denver to minister through street ministry. Yeah. And my pastor pulled me into his office, Doug Trevithick, in case you're wondering. Okay. And he said, he said, Chris, God brought you here, right? Yeah. Yes, Doug, I believe he did. Yeah. He said, so do work here. Yep. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. And I think is. what happens is people get like, well, I don't know if I'm good. Like, 
I don't care if you're good at it or not. God's going to help us get there. Like He will get us there. there yeah. Like We will figure it out. You have to be willing to be open to learning new experiences, to challenging yourself. Yep. And is your first day as a substitute going to probably suck a little bit? Sure. But I guarantee you, and I say this with some, well, I say this with very little authority in deciding anything when it comes <laughs> to substitutes. But I guarantee you, if we all of a sudden had 100-plus applicants across the community from people who are willing to be subs. Darn. The district would lose it. They would be like, "Oh yeah, let's go. We'll put we'll we'll put a we'll put a support in that classroom for that teacher. We'll put mo- we like we'll we'll figure this out. We'll make sure like these subs are taken care of. Like they would work for they would work with us. They would they work would. with people. But we don't have enough. Like we've put in for subs at, at our building several times this last week. Nothing. Oh, darn. But it was, you know, it was those sub calls at 7 p.m. or whatever. And so we put it in the system and we, nobody picked them up. That is crazy. And I'm sure that's the case across the district. I've oh, asked questions about coverage and people are like, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of coverage. And it's like, we have a need in this community. And it's not just our community. I guarantee you it's in every it's community across the world, it is. across this country right now. It's like, well, you know there's a problem in our schools. You know things aren't going well. You know yep. teachers are being – like true. things are happening and teachers are quitting. And it's, it's just – it's a mess. What are you doing to solve that problem? Well, I'm going to my school board. I Great. Congratulations. You attended a school board meeting. But are you actually finding a way to get – do anything. Yeah. Are you getting into the building? Are you yeah. finding a way to help the kids and the teachers and the staff in the community to make the best possible education available to these students – by just being there and being willing to work mm-hmm. and accepting that you're not going to be perfect all the time. and But accepting that this is – You won't. <laughs> like ministry is supposed to be messy. It is. Ministry is not this clinical robe, you know, you walk in and no. it's like – No. Ministry is messy. Now, that's – I mean, that's mi- – mi- mission trips are messy. They are. You are – you are. You don't shower much. Like, you're working hard. You're doing whatever. Like, if you go on a minute – if you go on a mission trip and you're – you're getting, you know, a twice daily shower or one shower a day, and you are blessed you, beyond. Yeah, you're, like. you're you're living you're living the high life. Yeah. But the point of it is, is that ministry and by proxy, Christianity isn't clean. It's messy, and it. I think it. I think that's the part that irritates me. People are so focused on having everything so clean and easy. Easy is the wrong word. It's pretty, and it's pretty. and it's and it's. Oh, it works! Like this does this. This is my this is my ministry. I've checked the box. Yeah. Your ministry is year round. Your call by Christ doesn't count minutes. It doesn't count hours. It doesn't count. It doesn't. You're, you don't fill out a timesheet with the Lord, and He says, "Okay, you're getting into heaven now because you made your quarterly quota you of your, your volunteering. Time, you got yeah. your time in." Uh, that's called uh, Mormonism, and it's that's not how that works. <laughs> uh, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> no, faith by works is a mistake. Faith by works is an illusion, and faith by works is a lie. Faith by love and by action and by like living the life of Christ in sacrifice yeah. and in servanthood. That's where the power of Christianity. Yeah. That's where the power of, of your heart being moved and your heart being shaken up and your head getting like kind of kicked around a little bit by God and going, whoa, what am I, I'm, uh, man, I'm It I moves you out. into action. It does. And that's, that's the key. Yeah. That's the thing I think we've got as, and I say big C church nationwide, it's, yep. that's what it feels like. Now, I'm sure there are, people are probably typing in emails and saying, there are churches out there that are doing the right thing. And that's great. Good, great, grand. There are some. But yep. overall right now, there's a lot of stuff that we're not doing well. Um, yeah. And it just, there's a lot that our churches should be doing. We're losing kids. We're losing we're losing the youth. We're losing yep. the adults. People are leaving the church. And by proxy, or by extension then, they are then drifting away from 
their moral center. They're done drifting away from community because, mm-hmm. and and then they're they're depressed or they're sad. And again, I'm not. This is a, I'm not making a blatant statement that if you're depressed or sad, the church will fix you. That's not this. That's not the, the game here. Do that. that church helps you cope and helps you find, you know, find Christ to send through prayer and community. Like, anyway, but like the natural swing of the numbers. Again, this is a very rough scientific conversation, so forgive me. It's it's gonna that's not gonna be a lot of sciency here, but I I feel this is an I feel statement. I feel like there is a direct connection between the mass kind of exile from churches of mm-hmm. people and yep. of, of young adults and children and teens and adults. There's a direct connection to where we are as a country, both both mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually, and all those things. I would agree with that. I think that there's a direct connection because. We know what good functional churches like. I've been a part of several. I have too. And I know what a healthy church looks like. And I know what a church that is focused on its members and its community and is running running on all cylinders. I know what that church looks like. I was a part of one. I know. Yeah, I know too. I mean, it was I know like what I know what an effective adults ministry looks like. Yep. I know what an effective children's ministry looks like. Yep. I interned with one of the best. I know what a good functional youth group looks like. Yep. I know what discipleship looks like. I know what it how it how it benefits both adults, yep. teens, youth, and kids. I know that it can be done. But in this day and age, in 2023, with these phones and with everything, we're not willing to sit down and actually we do that work because it's just more like, oh, it's school. It's more schoolwork. It's like, yeah, guess what? That's the deal. You got to do the work on your heart so you can get yourself ready and knowledgeable and ready to rock and roll. So when you get out into the mission field, you get out into the world, you know how to handle your business. You know how to handle your love. You You know how to handle your Jesus. If you don't know how to handle your Jesus, you need to get back on the bench and get 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 back with the coach and do some more like remedial you learning. Need some more work because if you're going to go out on that field and you're going to you know pat and get an interception on a pass, like what what that's that's that's, that's unacceptable. Yeah. Our faith should be strong enough that we're more of a like John Elway in the two Super Bowls he won back to back versus you know a Russell Wilson who's. Uh, he's doing okay. They've had a comeback, but they've, yeah. they've had some flops. And you know, I, I'd rather we be, should shine. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you. And again, God love them. I don't like them as a team, but the Patriots, the Patriots of old, they've been they've been doing some terrible terrible playing recently. But if you want to be like the Patriots of old, where it's like you know what they're doing, you know what they're in business for. Yeah. You know you're the showing up. You better be ready for them because they're they're com- they come they're, they come to win. Yep. They come to play. They don't come to just test out and try. They no. come because come they're come to intent. whip some rear end. They come. That they're coming in a clean house. Yep. And you as a team better be ready. And it's the same thing with the Christian fa- Christian faith, which is weird because I often don't like to bring in the battle analogy when it comes to Christian faith. Yep. Like we don't want to go to war. Like that that starts a whole issue there. Yep. But you like you, we need to be athletes of the heart. Yeah, like we're our s- hearts, our prayer time, our qu- like ev- like our beliefs, our knowledge, our understanding of Christ. It needs to be exercised. It needs it to be routinely re like retrained all the time. My parents have been reading through the Bible that every year for the last what three, two or three years, they read through the Bible full year all the way. That's crazy. My dad's been doing it for years. My dad's been doing it for forty, fifty years. He reads the Bible every year, just reads through it all nine years. And he and he some, finds something new all the time. He always has something going on. But my mom has, has started doing that with him, yep. and she has been like, I have discovered so much about my faith. Yep. through that. 
So the long, the long answer to the very short question that you started <laughs> yeah. this podcast out with yeah. is you need your, your, your faith needs to be worked out. Your yeah. faith needs to be in the gym. Your faith yeah. shouldn't believe that you can go on stage with a Broadway production of Cats and pull it <laughs> off. No. You need to know your part. You need to know your lines. You yep. need to know your blocking. You need to know You need to know everything. Yep, you do. You need to be the understudy. You need to be researching the stuff behind the scenes. You yep. need to know everything about this production. You, kn- yep. you need to know it all because once you step on that stage, you don't have there, – there's obviously you're going to mess up and, and make mistakes, but – you need to be ready to, to shine for Christ. Yep. And if you get out there and the first thing out of your mouth is, and the people just go, what the hell? What's going on what, there? What's he talking about? What's he doing? Versus you start with the symphony and the music and a lights hit, and you're hitting those high notes, and, man, people are going, look at that. That's amazing. What's, what's he got that I don't got? Hey, I got Jesus. Let's talk about that. The power of evangelism through demonstration yeah. and modeling and there you just go. Yep. being a like people are going to know they're going to notice something is different they about used you. to know yeah they yeah. used to they used to know but yeah. we so it feels and this again may be hyperbole so forgive me it feels like we've lost that drive as a big church as a yeah. nationwide church yeah. of we need to be we need to be working to help save our our country yeah. and it's not like this this is nowhere near the level of some Christian nationalists who are like, we need to fight back and go to war and we need to do we need to bring Christ back into the government. No, I don't believe that. I think that's wrong. And they, those people need to take a long walk out in the desert and really, really think about what they said. Because bad llama, get a spray bottle and squirt them. Because <laughs> Christian na- the idea behind Christian nationalism is, well, we just need to go back to having to, to having we need to be a theocracy. We need to make our government a theocracy and all this but stuff. That is like contrary to, to everything. The reason well, why people left the, the, the England, England in 1776 yeah. is because of that very thing. Because it was you had to be one way or the other, and they left. I mean, there's a whole host of other issues there, but they left because of religious persecution because they wanted to live their own life. The government their, and the church were one. Yeah, and they they were and like that. that. We reason. don't want that. We want to yeah, be exactly. out from under this massive hand that is trying to crush us and tell us how to live our lives. The freedom and, to practice whatever you want. Right. That's and so <laughs> I they, know, ca- right? they call it the, they, they've called it the great experiment. The United States of America is the great experiment. It is the one one of the very few countries in the world where freedom of freedom freedom of speech and freedom of religion are leaned in very heavily. I love it, too. and I, I I get a kick out of it because I you can it, you can be in this country and you can be driving through a town like a Fort Morgan or a Denver or wherever, and you can find you can find mosques, you can find like the Jewish Jewish temples, you can find. Yeah. Um, all of that, you can find every religion coexisting for the most part peacefully. Although right now we've got some, we've got some issues with some stuff going on in the Middle East and it's, it's spilling over into here. Yeah. But for the most part, that's the beauty of America is is that mm-hmm. we have mostly figured out a way to be together yep. and to be and to worship our own faiths in, I guess. Uni- not unison, but in harmony. Are with whatever. Anyway, so I. This is a long answer to a short question, but it's the church and its people need to step up, and people need to realize the church exists for a purpose and a reason. Yeah, it's it not is. here to tell you how to live your life. Nope. I mean, it is, 
but it's your relationship and your decision. But the church exists to it exists to help support people and strengthen people and lift people up and for sick ser- people to, to to be a servant. Yeah, yeah we're the servants. church. The church is a servant, and yep. that's that's the best way I can think about that. Um, so Interesting. yeah, I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't know how long we've talked for, but been a bit. I don't know. It's been a while, but. So for me, Christmas, I like Christmas because, well, it's the, oh, it was a long time. 30 minutes. <laughs> there you go. That's okay. A, that's That'll work. Intro and a half that, right that's there. that's there it is. Okay. So you're, you, yeah. well, you love about Christmas. I, I, love, I love Christmas when it comes this time of year. See, for me, I have this feeling that when it gets to like January, I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. ready for it to be springtime now. But Christmas time to me is a special time because, I remember this uh, one Christmas where it was so simple. Yeah. We were, my dad was still alive, my mama, my brother. We were all together in this room, in our living room, and we opened our presents. My brother got Jack London, Call of the Wild. Okay. So it was a book that had three books. I got Charles Dickens, Tell Two Cities, and there were two other ones in there. I don't remember what they were, but I still to this day remember that Christmas because it was such a simplistic it was so simplistic yeah. but there you could tell that my dad and my mom loved us yeah you could feel the love from them and so for me i i don't know i love christmas for multitudes of reasons but that's one reason that that memory it, every time it comes this time of year i love it and i get to spend it with my family yeah. and that's all i got well and i think that's yeah. i think christmas the, the best part about christmas is family Oh, it is. Um, we're, I we're, agree. we're traveling down to Arizona to spend time with my parents and my brother and his wife and their kids. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I don't, I don't know how else to celebrate Christmas, but then to be with family. I yeah, me neither. I don't know any other way. And I and I yeah. know that sounds really presumptuous and probably sounds a little bit proud and arrogant, um, but it's, it's hard for me to understand those who can't do that or don't have that opportunity. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, huh? And I think that. To bring my long answer that I just, you know, bloviated for about 30 minutes, there's where the church can step in again. It is. Hey, you don't have family during Christmas. Come hang out with us on Christmas Day. We're going to open up our building. That's a good idea. We're going to to have Christmas tree. We're going to have Christmas dinner. Volunteers are going to be here who who aren't traveling. Um, Come and join us and take part. Um, We'll sing Christmas carols. Yeah, that's pretty good. We'll have, if you want to bring your gifts to open with us. We would be delighted to spend that. Like, like, or give gifts too. Or give gifts. Hey, yeah. we have we we've we've got some gifts that we'd like to open with you. Like we fit, like you do it in a way that's it's not like a system or a program. It's just like hey, you know, next month when Christmas rolls around, if you need yep. a place to be, you know, we'll have Christmas food, we'll have Christmas games, we'll True. Christmas music. You know, you can just come hang out in our sanctuary with us, and and we'll spend Christmas with you and your family. Yep. You know, we'll be open. We open at eight, and everyone's got to be out by eight, 8 p.m. Uh, you know, you f- but you figure out a way to to minister to people in your community who need it, yeah. um, and that's I don't know. That's interesting. <sighs> I have a lot. I have a lot of pent up. The word's not anger, but it's righteous indignation. Yeah. at the church. Oh, yeah, yeah I do not, too. I don't. I never want to sound like I'm condemning or 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 accusing the church uh, in in a, in a way that's mean or or malicious. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I also just want to gently nudge those churches and go. Are y'all are y'all in this to win it, or are you, are you just are you just are you yeah are you are you alive? Are you alive? Hello? <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I, 
Do yeah. you need CPR or do you need a you know clear yeah. you know whatever? Like I, that's my worry is is that we've lost we've lost we've lost so many yeah. members and people who would regularly attend church, um, and now it's I think it's probably here's my, one of my pens. Yeah, I dropped I dropped I'll drop a pen. Uh, so it's I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. So on to the heavier oh, subject. Sh- we're, really gonna, we're really going to do this, huh? Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to step into it because okay. the church never wants to talk about it, so I'll talk about it. Okay. Um, suicide. So yeah. Fair warning. Uh, whatever's coming. Disclaimer. I have no idea what's coming. So your discretion advised. Just be aware of what you're walking into. Yeah. However, I will say when we talk about suicide in our in our high school program, yep. um, there's a lot of misconceptions about suicide yep. and talking about it. Yep. And the, 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 the misconception is, well, if you talk about it, someone's more likely to commit it. Um, and the reality of it is, no, the more you talk about it's it and engage it, yeah. it actually helps them see and realize that maybe they should do something else. They should yeah. not try and, and pursue so people that care. People care enough to talk yeah. about it, yep. and then they get to ask questions or they get to engage or just feel like they're being acknowledged. Um, so talking about suicide is actually a more powerful moment um, than ignoring it, which, again, I'm happy to admit that I'm – it's not – but here's the thing. It's also okay to admit that it's an uncomfortable conversation. Because oh, it, it is. Because it, it, it deals with, with, with a really intense um, emotional con- piece, Yeah. but it also deals with a lot of unanswered questions of so why things – why those things happen. Yeah. Um, there was a I'll let, I'll come back to you in a second but there was a here locally in in, in northeastern Colorado um, there was a storm chaser um, who committed suicide I don't know if oh, you saw it, you saw, it on Facebook. I saw it on Facebook um, yeah and he he had been happy and, and 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 fine the day before and then the next day he posted on social media I've been looking forward to this day and then he he and he committed suicide um, and there were a lot of questions and there was a lot like it it showed up on nine news like it showed up on a news station reporting about what happened and the impact because it wasn't just the storm chaser community. It was also the, the weather community and all of yeah. the people. And there was even like he, had, he was involved in volunteer organizations. And oh so the goodness. impact of that loss was felt. And so you, the question's always asked, you know, do we, do we talk about it? And the answer is yes, we always should. So better. I, I will, I will, I will readily accept my, my gentle nudge for myself, but I will also say that you're welcome to hit the pause button at any point if this gets a little sticky, yeah. Um, and, and 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 be okay with that, but also be willing to come back to the conversation as it continues. And it may take multiple episodes for us to get this done. It may, um, yeah, it but could. it's it is one of those things that if we don't talk, like I said, if we don't talk about it, we're not going to figure it out. So um, doing nothing does nothing. Do, yeah, do, <laughs> that's exactly right. So yeah, it was um, so it. For me, it started with my brother. I'd never really thought about suicide at all. Yeah. And my brother had talked about it for years. He had he had tried like four or five times to do it. And this one time in 2015, he he shot himself. Yeah. My dad was at home, but he had came home and was playing the video game for I don't know how long he was on the computer. Yeah. And my dad felt guilty for that. So yeah. he was on... He was home like four or five hours. Yeah. And then walked in there, and there he was. Oof. So he don't know when it actually happened. And my dad, let me tell you all something, man. My dad was never the same mm. ever again. Yeah. He, my brother was loved by hundreds of people. Yeah. There were people in Australia. Right. That loved my brother. Yeah. And, and so 
the weight of of what he did was felt across multiple platforms across yeah. multiple groups of people yeah and so ever since then i saw the signs and he his last video on youtube kind of said it all he yeah. said i i'm i'm so depressed he said yeah. i am so depressed and you could hear yeah. the weight and the heaviness in his voice but i didn't notice it yeah have you ever done that you've watched yeah. something and you yeah. you heard it but you didn't notice it yeah it's hearing it's listen it's hearing but not listening yeah exactly and so he he I, i'll never forget it man i heard about it on facebook that's how i found out a buddy Jeez. of mine said i think something bad happened at your dad's house that was yeah. a microwave okay and so he was apparently shot himself i know because i cleaned his blood off of the wall and off of the floor yeah myself yeah my wife was with me when we did that and I remember the the look in my dad's eye. I will never forget the look he had in his eye. And I mean, I'm going to tell you all right now. This stuff is heavy. It, it is yeah. heavy for me because it almost happened to my son over there. Yeah. My my youngest son Isaac is 13 now. Yeah. And he tried to commit suicide a few weeks ago with a rope. Yeah. The rope broke. Thank God the rope broke. Yeah. And he threw the rope away. He was bullied in in seventh grade. Yeah. Or wait, no, sixth grade. Yep. And he, it was so bad apparently, because okay, for some people it's fine. Yeah. You can have people argue with you and and yell at you and yeah. call you all kind of names yeah. and it doesn't bother you. Yeah. But for some people, it hurts them deeply. I, I would say for most people. For like, most people, it does. Here's the yeah. thing: like in yeah. middle school, in my middle school experiences, yeah, I was bullied. I committed some suicide. I, I contemplated suicide. Yeah. I, I planned out what I was going to do. Um, he did, yeah. And it's – you don't – like, people are just like, oh, you just need to toughen up. It's like – well, okay, so we'll take a small – Here we go. Here small we go. rabbit trail. Yes. So in this in this day and age, at least at where I teach, yep. um, we have a counselor who puts together for us a weekly social-emotional lesson that we put – forth and, and talk about with our advisory group. there you go we also talk with our students on a daily basis about social emotional regulation how to handle things and yep. stuff like that yep. that's a wonderful thing to do. i look at my students today and i go if i had had half of this social emotional awareness and the social emotional programs yeah when i was in high school when i was in middle school i would have had a heck of a lot less like i would i still would have struggled but i would have been able to been like hey yeah, I know what's going on. I get it. I'm, I have a coping mechanism. Hey, they're showing me how to cope with this. Yep. They're showing me how to deal with this. In middle school, it was just like, I just need to get over it. Now, there were teachers who cared, but the overall idea of the cult at the time was you just need to put. You just need to get over it. You just need to not listen to them. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's great, but you're not teaching me how to not listen to them. And so yeah, that's exactly right. The other problem yeah. is these damn phones. Yeah, is they they're horrible. Added, they, they add an additional layer of social emotional struggle. They do because not only are kids getting bullied in in buildings and schools yeah. and hallways and classrooms, they're also getting bullied here through through stick through what uh, Snapchat through oh my goodness. TikTok, TikTok through all, all oh all the my things. goodness and it's it's become it's not just it's not it's not become it is yep. a leading cause of depression anxiety and stress it is yeah I would in agree lead, yep. in, uh, the the leading cause of death among teenagers right now. Suicide. That's, Sad, that's, man. That's the thing. And so when we talk about, like, even now with our social-emotional awareness, 
in certain places or certain buildings or whatever, there's it's it's not sinking in fast enough. Yeah. That that students are going, hey, I can I can get out of this, I can work through this, versus it's all around me and I can't escape it. Um, and that's, that's when the problems occur. Right, because when there's no escape, what do you do? There's you no have, hope. And you yeah. and well, and in a middle school world, so I taught sixth grade for two years. You know that you did. Yep. Um, their world is so, so sixth graders. I taught sixth grade. I know seventh grade and eighth grade's a little trickier. But sixth grade and into seventh grade, their worlds are so small. They their are. world is school and their home life. Yeah. And maybe an extracurricular that they're doing. Maybe. That's three things in their life. They might have a relationship that they're pursuing that's four. Now, you look at, you think about our lives. We have our job. We have our cars. We have our computers. Holy we crap. have our gaming. We have our, like, <laughs> yeah. there, is, there is so many things. Our the world thousands. is so huge. Yeah. I can go on my computer right now and look at New York City and look at Times Square. I could book a ticket to South Carolina tomorrow and go explore and love that country that part of the country it is a country <laughs> yeah it is, yes south but carolina yes. I, but i that's that's me as a 40, yeah. 41 year old adult true i can do that yep a, t- a 12 year old sixth grader can't they don't have anywhere to go yeah now and if their home life isn't the greatest or if their home life if they don't feel like they can speak out in their home life but and it's not a matter of like and i i it's not a matter of that their that their parents don't know or they're not able. They just they don't see a way out. Yeah. And and they don't for whatever. And again, you're talking about a 12 year old, 11 year old, sixth grader. Their brains aren't developed to go. I need to talk to somebody. I need to ask for help. Yeah. Exactly. They're just going. Everything's everything's screwed. I'm done. It's over. I have no hope. The world's closing in on me. What do I do? 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 Well, what are you gonna do when you're 12 years old and the entire your entire world has just shrunk? To you being in this little Man. black hole, going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And that adds on a daily basis. And you might have a teacher who reaches out to you. You might have somebody who tries to bring light into that world. Yep. But if there's not enough light, getting in there and all you like, what do you think's going to happen? Well, and exactly. This is an. This is and this is where I'm going to get indi- I'm going to indict schools around the country. Is is that I know for a fact, without question, that there are teachers in this country in this world. Who don't give a care about kids and what they're doing, what's going That's on? That's horrible. Life. I know it, and I absolutely can. I've could, seen it. I, we, you could walk into any building. Yep. I guarantee you, you walk in as a guest and say, "Hey, I'm here to tour your building. Could you just, can I just walk? Can you give me a sticker? Can you check my background? Can I walk yep. and check?" I guarantee you, you walk, you will see the adults that care. Oh, you and can you'll see the ones that don't. That's right. And I've asked this question of so I, when I taught sixth grade, my two groups. Yep. My first group, and my second group. I've asked them, "Hey." Are there adults in your life, in yep. the building you're in, yep. that care? The answer is very few. Like any. 90-something percent of the time, they'll it's say just, no. No, there's not somebody that I yeah. feel like I can talk to. I've asked kids the same question. Yeah, and that was when I taught at the middle school, and now when I teach at the high school, at my at my alternative high school, my goal is to try and do that so much. Be like, hey, I'm here to listen. Like, what do you need? Um, but in sixth grade, You're I tried. It, I tried. I tried well, at sixth grade, I tried really hard yep. because I understand sixth graders. Yep. I understand that world is so small. And if you have one person, if you got one person who says, "Hey, what's how you doing? How's today? Yep. Sucks, man. I'm sorry, it sucks. Anything I can be doing to help you not suck? Yeah, just check in with me. Okay. Hey, you want to hear a dad joke? You know, like stuff, stupid stuff like that. Huh. Um, I had a student my second year, my se- <coughs> my second year of teaching, um, and she was a latecomer, so. We had already started the school year. Yep. So all the f- everyone was starting to pair up with friends, make friendships. Oh, yeah. Yep. And she started late. 
So when you start two months after everyone's been there, Ooh, you feel out of place. You're, you're out of place. Woo. You don't have friends. Yeah. You don't have anybody. Um, we'll call her. We'll call her Alexandra. We won't, we won't use her real name. She doesn't. Kay. She's not in the district anymore. She's somewhere else. She transferred and her parents moved. Yep. Uh, we'll call her Alexandra. Um, but I saw in her just that desolate, like sadness of not having people. Yeah. And even the friends that she made, they were shaky. Oh. Because sixth grade friends are shaky. They'll they'll they're the flavor of the week. And even seventh grade friends will do this to you. They'll dump you. And I'll tell you right now, I have a student I know. We'll call her. We'll call her Jacqueline. That's not a real name at all. But she's at the high school. Yeah. And I asked her about her friendship situation. She's a freshman. She said, "Yeah, it's been it's been rough this year." I said, "Well, what happened?" Well, I had friends that I've known since I was like six, five years old. Holy we were best moly! Best friends since then. She said, "All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just stopped hanging out with me, stopped talking to me." Darn. They went with a bunch of other friends that we had made and cut me out. And I said, "What?" She's like, "Yeah." Why would they do that, though? So here's this is the other element. We talk about middle school as kind of like, hey, you're figuring out who you are. You're yeah. trying out different identities. Yeah, you're true. trying out different personality traits. Yep. You're dressing in a certain way, and then you're trying to, and you're like you're trying to figure out who you are. So s- the middle school years is where you really it's a mad scientist laboratory of development. It's a laboratory. It, yeah, it, it, it it mad is. scientist like Frankenstein is <laughs> yeah, in the house. It is, it is. Um, in the best way possible. Yeah. So they get through middle school and they figure out sort of who they are. High school is where they really start to figure that out. Oh, they do. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm going to start to lock in some things. And so what happens or what can happen is, and again, this is all theory in my own perspective and my belief of what I know and have seen, well, I, I is, agree is that with they'll you. start to really firm up who they are. That's true. And if they don't see that friend that they've known since they were six years old as a part of that identity, yeah. cut them out. Go with the people that you know, that, you've, that, you've, that you feel like you've built a good friendship with and you can trust. And like she's, she's saying, yeah, we've got we've, – we were we – were, in both friend groups, we were both yeah. like we had, but she, that person, that friend just left her behind, left huh? me behind. Darn. Um, and it was, she's, I mean, she was like, yeah, it was hard. It was rough. I was, I was sad. I was, I, I didn't know, I didn't know why. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't know how to ask why. And she eventually like were coupled up with some other friends, like one or two other friends, like her friend group is smaller now. Yeah. But which she, is a good thing. I think. Yeah, and it's hard when you're a freshman because you want to have a big social Yeah, group. you do. You want to be a part of a thriving yep. community. And the world and the media and TV shows and movies, they tell you, you should have a big old friend group because that's what popularity is. Um, <laughs> but for her, it was it was a harsh learning experience of going, they left me and I don't know why. And I said, well, oh, did you? What, how? And, and her, her th- the further conversation was, I didn't know if I did something wrong. I felt Ooh. like I had done something wrong. Yeah. I said, well, hold on there, Jacqueline. I'm trying to remember the name I assigned her. I said, hold on, Jacqueline. I said, you didn't. They chose you. They didn't. Sh- they chose somebody else. They chose something. somebody else. I said, if, you, if, if they were your real friends, if they were your ride or die since you were six they years old, chose you. they would have stuck with you. And they would have said, you know what? You're more important than this brand new shiny group of friends. That and all of these people. All these people. Yeah. You matter more true. than all this shine. That's true. And so, but Jacqueline's story and Alexandra's story. So Alexandra came to us, and I made sure I was like checking with her every day, yep. sit with her in class to talk to her. Um, and I'm like, there were days where I could tell she was having a rough day. Yeah. Um, and there was a moment, and I will never forget this, where she, it was a we were an advi- it was like an advisory class, like it yep. was just the the last class of the day for everyone to kind of breathe and get themselves together and, and get ready to go. Yeah. Um, and 
I was sitting on a desk back by my desk, just kind of hanging out and mm-hmm. just working on some stuff. And she came and sat like right underneath the desk. So like where I'm standing here, I was sitting yep. here. She sat like right under the desk, kind of in like cover, sheltered. What in the world? And I knew what was happening. I was like, she needs to feel safe. She's oh. not going to ask me because she wouldn't. She's just going to do it. She needs to ask. She needs to feel safe. Yep. And so she kind of just curled in down there. And I didn't say anything to her. I just kind of, you know, scooted a little bit closer so she could feel my presence. That was there. Yep, yep. Um, and I just sat there. And at the end of class, I asked her, how you doing? She said, I'm doing better. I was like, okay. At the end of that school year, she moved. Uh, but before she moved, I got to talk to her. Um, and she said, you were the first friend I had. Oh, my goodness. When I came in. And she said, that was so important to me that I had you are my friend. You were the first friend and you made it. Your, your point to be a part of my life every step of the way. Darn. Um, and so I, I look at, I think about that as I reflect on your conversation about that situation and suicide in general is, is that one of the biggest things I feel like that can help combat those feelings is adults, teaching adults, professional, academic people in their lives, yep. taking a vested, genuine an honest interest in those students' lives. You have to, because they know that you do, they know that you don't care. They'll figure it out very quickly. They'll know, yeah. You and they, can they know who they can talk to, and yep. they know who they can't, and they know who's going to get mad at them for no reason, and they know the ones who are going to care enough to go. Let's talk about this for a second. Ooh, boy, you are not kidding about the that. The power of an adult, of a teacher in a, in, a, in a student's life, from middle school to high school. Now. Elementary school, no questions asked. you got to love kids if you're going to work in elementary school. If you're there and you don't like kids, I don't know what you were thinking. And Please were, go get evaluated. There's some that don't. Well, Let they, me tell they you. They need to have their heads checked. Yes, anyway, they do. so my point is, is that elementary school is a whole other situation, right? True. Yeah. I could never do it because I have my personal space. I like to have my personal space. I don't want to be invaded by a, two, by a second grader going, ah, just not my jam. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I love nope, you. Back I love up. you. But, you know, keep your space. Get a squirt bottle. Um, I, I would, I would, I would, I would, be, I would be fired within <laughs> yeah. an hour of teaching a second grade class. There would be, I'd just be like, you need to walk me out of here. I would call and be like, principal, I'm out, bye. See you, you later, bro. You need to get me out of here. But when you talk about middle schoolers, yeah. you talk about high schoolers, but middle schoolers especially, and especially because your son, he was sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. Oh, but more recently too. They, yeah. So they need to, yeah, correct. So they need to know that someone cares Yeah. and not just someone multiple someones they need to know that hey i might not get along with mr delay but i know that he's gonna he's gonna be in he wants he, he cares he cares yeah. i don't want to like i don't get along with him very well but i know he's gonna ask me hey how you doing yeah what what can i be doing for you and he's gonna mean it he's gonna mean it yeah. because he's gonna yeah. do whatever he can to help yeah. Yeah. um i had a we had i had a student in sixth grade who was just he was something had happened and it, it had gone six six ways to tuesday south like it had gone it was bad he was in tears I had to put him in our little area outside the classroom, give him some a, mar- a, a thing to draw and some thing to color. Pod he need, he thing, needed yeah. to breathe, right? Yep. So we got to the end of class, and I said, hey, are you feeling better? He's like, I'm a little bit better. I was like, hey, do you want me to check on you in about 15, 20 minutes? He said, yes. I said, okay, I'll come check on you. And I made sure that I went and talked to him 15 minutes later. And I said, hey, like how are we said, feeling? Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm, doing all, I'm doing a little better. I was like, okay. You can, you got this. I know you can do this. It's gonna be all right. I believe in you, and I know you got this. You can. And I believe that it wasn't just me telling him that to make him yeah. feel better. Yeah. Like that's that's a terrible thing to do. But I meant it. I was like, I believe in this kid. 
uh, we'll call him John. I believed I believed in John. I believed absolutely that this kid could pull it off and could yep. and could get through the day, because what he was dealing with was was severe, but it wasn't impossible. And telling him that, like, you are possible, you are able to do this, you can do this with our help. You, I'll I'll check in with you. I'll go, hey, you want to come come by my classroom and check in with me? Let's do it. That's the power of a concerned and caring adult in a child's life. So important, man. And it, I feel, because I don't have scientific studies to back me up, because I'm either too lazy or too tired to look it up right now. <laughs> We're both too tired for but that. But the difference that an adult can make yeah. in, a, in a child's life, an adult who is a teacher or a TA or a volunteer or whatever, to speak truth into that kid's life, yeah, there's so much power in that. And it, I feel like it can be a significant prevention or a significant course correction for someone who's for a kid who's contemplating suicide. Because if you know that Mr. DeLay wants to see you on Tuesday back in class at 8, 7.45 in the morning, you're less likely to go, man, my world is all black. I've got nothing left. I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. It's like, wait, no, I know I'm going to see Mr. DeLay on Tuesday. Okay, maybe I – okay. Well, I know also I'm going to see this other teacher too. Oh, yeah. Well, they told me I can I could text them on their Google Voice number. Well, maybe I could text. Like, there are options. Sure. There are ways. That's interesting. So I and I, and I, I again, this is not scientific. It's not like I know this for sure, but it, it would work though. I know it'll work. <laughs> if 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 a, if a student knows that someone cares enough about them, yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen. It mm. takes time. It, it takes, does. But it if you start your school year as a teacher with a kid and go, hey, let's rock, and you and you say to them, hey, I'm here for you, whatever you need. I'm here to I'm here to back you up. If you can, if if a teacher does that, if enough teachers do it, and if yeah. and this is gonna sound, I don't know if you've ever heard the song um, by Arlo Guthrie, um, the uh, the Thanksgiving song. Um, oh, what is it called? Oh no, it's in my head and now it's gone. Um, Alice's Restaurant. Okay, it's worth it's worth a listen. It's a little Kay. it's a little it's a little touchy later on in the in the in the in the, in the song. It's yep. like an eight minute long song, but every Thanksgiving I listen to it because it's funny. But there's a point in the song where he starts talking about like, well, if everyone started th- singing this song, it'd be a movement, and then people would get freaked out. Da, 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 da. I tell that story because if every single teacher in every single building in every single school in every mm-hmm. single part of this country started their year off going, "You've got this, I've got you, we can get through this." It's not impossible, and we'll get through it together. Let's make this year awesome. And every day reminded kids, you are awesome. You are possible. You've got this. If Darn. you need backup, I'm here. I'm ready to sub in. Whatever you need, let's go. We'll get through this together. You are not, you are not, you are not, you are not alone in this. You are able, we can, we can get, like, can you imagine if every single teacher in every single classroom in every single part of this country said that consistently and definitely fulfilled their promise of I'll be there for you. I would have graduated high school. <sighs> Saying. <laughs> I think the conversation about suicide, especially in our youth, we need to we need to understand that we do not do right by them. We don't. Yeah, we and absolutely don't. We don't because we don't understand them. Yep. Or we pretend that we don't understand them. Here's the thing. Or we the don't. The only new thing they've had in their lives that we didn't have is this gosh darn thing, this phone. That's exactly right. Yeah. If you understand how much of their world lives on these things, and then you can extrapolate the conversation earlier about how small my world was when I was a middle schooler, you take that small world, and then you add in this extra level of pressure with all the different ways to do all the things that you want to to or don't want to do, there's your answer. Because that small world that we live in and they live in, 
together with this makes for a hellscape. But here's the thing, like I said earlier, if a teacher is willing and able to say, hey, yeah, that's crazy. what's going on, what do you need, and consistently does it every yeah. single day for every single class period with every single student, like I said, they might not get along with Mr. DeLay, yeah. but they might get along with Mr. Cheryl. Yeah. They might be like, hey, I know I, I – I do the work in Mr. DeLay's class, but I don't really like him. He's not my jam. But Mr. Cheryl, man, I can talk about computers with that dude. Or, hey, with Mrs. Yeah. Waters, she loves to talk about nails. And, man, girl, I love nails. Like, that's my, that's, that's my, that's my peace. That's where I find my, 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 my measure of, of peace and love is doing my nails once a week. And when I talk to Mrs. Waters, she asks me, oh, I love those colors. Where did you get those? How, does, how did you girl? do that? Girl, like, girl, tell me all about it. I, can you do my nails? Girl, let's come in come in early on like a Friday. Or, hey, stay for school. and let's. I want to I learn from you. I want to know how you do that. Cause, girl, you got that. Like, everybody has something. And it's everybody true. can share something it's with exactly a student right, that yeah. says, hey, I like what you got going on there. That's really cool. Let's let's get to know that thing about you. Yeah. Let's let's explore that. We had a teacher um, a couple years ago who um, he had a real Rolex, like real Rolex. Like dude, dude had been in. in what he the had, hey? He he before he was a teacher, um, he had done a lot of work and he had made money the right the good way. A lot of money. <laughs> he did. He did. But he had a student who was like, he's like, okay, if you get your work done, you can wear the Rolex for the day. <gasps> And you just got to turn into me at the end of the day, but you can wear that Rolex today if you oh earn this and you do this assignment. Goodness. But that kid was like, he was he I'm was do it. <laughs> he was the kid who loved his hat, like had his hat with a sticker still on it. Oh, yeah. He was all about his shoes being clean. He was all yeah. about the right fashion choices. That was his jam. He loved that. Now, unfortunately, that student, um, we'll call him Craig. He didn't graduate. He dropped out um, because sad. he, for whatever reason, things happened. But there was a way. There was a moment where a teacher grabbed his attention and had something he was interested in yep. and had value assigned to it. Fair. If you can find what a kid values, even a small piece, and you can start to uncover that and engage that and acknowledge that and show that you accept that and that you're interested genuinely and that's really yep. cool and, oh, my gosh, can you tell me more about that? That kid is less likely to do something with themselves because they know, hey, this dude, every day I walk in, Mr. Blake's going to say, hey, good morning, how you doing? Good to see you. Come on in, grab this thing. Hey, how how was the weekend ball game? How'd that go? Huh. Hey, I, or showing up to a like, showing up, showing out, and being there. Crazy, but it's so simple too. It's like super simple. If it was simple, everyone would do it, Chris. Yeah. But apparently, we can't in this world, in Appar this country. Apparently not. So I, everybody's got to be right. Well, it's not even just that. It's like we don't want to really address the big elephant in the room when it comes to how we help kids. Yeah. Um, now, I, I say this with pride because I'm proud of what we do at Lincoln. I am too. Yeah, um, y'all do good work there. But it's like, but we're just, we have 30, 40, 45 kids. Yeah. We have a max capacity. We can't do what we do everywhere because that's just not how the system works. Yeah. But that model has been around for a while. And there are enough buildings in this, schools in this country who have done that work. And there are teachers who in their heart of hearts, know what needs to be done. They do. But it's, I mean, it's complicated by the fact that we have COVID and we have ki kids who are acting crazy and awful to teachers right now. Oh, but I've here's, seen it. Here's, here's what I would say is, is that it's not, it's going to get a lot harder before it gets easier. You're right. But my message to teachers, my message to anybody, to people in ministry, to people in the communities, if you want to stop this thing from happening, 
you got to put some skin in the game. You, you got to be willing to show up to help, you to support, to. to engage, whatever it takes. You want to change something? Um, you ever, you ever seen, you ever seen Sister Act two? I did. Yeah, <sighs> I love Sister Act two. That's a great movie. So, do you know you know who Lauren Hill is? I do. She is an amazing, incredible art. singer. Oh my gosh, she that's her. That was her first starring role and where she really took off. Her album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, is oh my of, goodness, is, is every every it's a song on that album is just legit. I, I play it the full album Darn. once a week at minimum because it's just the sound of her voice. It's a masterpiece, and it is man. just in the lyrics and it's man, it just it'll punch you and it'll keep punching you. My She's point an is, incredible this. songwriter. Yeah. She's had her history. Her her last twenty years has not been great. Um, she's had some issues, but the Lauren Hill of Miseducation of Lauren Hill is great. Man, I won't. See, you can do your own research on her and her experiences, who she's been and what she's been doing. <coughs> My point is, there's a moment in that song where a moment in, that sh- in the movie where Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg, who I I love Sister Act two. It is it is it is a little corny. Because Sister Act one is legit. Le- Sister, 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 Sister Act one is a fantastic Woo. movie with a fantastic yep. message. Sister Act 2, a little goofy. I don't care. I still love it. I think it should have won an Academy Award. I know that's hyperbole. I don't care. So there's a moment where Whoopi Goldberg looks at Lauren Hill and, and the students in the room. Yep. She said, if you want to be somebody, you better wake up and pay attention. And, it's, and then Lauren Hill starts singing, if you want to be somebody, you better wake up and pay attention. And it just becomes this whole jam. I love how that song just kicks off. And I love what it does to the students. It wakes them up. The same is true of our students as it is our communities. If yeah. you want to be somebody, you better wake up and you better yeah. pay attention because we have a critical issue in our communities with our students and our youth and our young adults, and it isn't getting any better. And it's not getting any better because we're not willing to do the work that needs to be done to get them back where they need to be. Darn. And if you as a ch- if churches, if communities, man- community centers, if y'all are out there and you aren't looking at ways to immediately – Put your hands and feet in the middle of this mess. I don't know why you exist, and that's a bit hyperbole, but I don't care. It's like, true. It's the it's reality true. of it is we 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 know what's wrong. We need to save them. We know what's wrong. We know what's going on. We know they're suffering. We know they're dying. We know they're 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 committing suicide. Like we know these things. It is not. It is not a. Oh well, I think this is happening. No, it's happening right and the, now. <laughs> and the minute we take our we've we've take I think I feel like we've taken our eye off the ball game. Yeah. And we're and we're so we're, we're we're in such confusion that we can't get back on the on the on the field or we can't get back on the on the on the court to get back into the game again. Do you think we think the problem is too big? That's because for me, yeah. when my son came to me, and so I was at work and he texts me, "Yeah, Dad, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. I'm just going to kill myself." Those are the words he said to me, and I'm like. Oh crap! Yeah, I left work immediately. I I yeah. went in and talked to my boss. His office is right next to mine. I said, yeah. Scott, I gotta go, bro. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah, and so I go, and my son he walked out of school and was walking down the highway. Okay, I'm like, where the frick is he at? <laughs> and and so, you know, it. I will tell you that the thought that went through my head, I don't know what I was thinking about. Yeah. I don't, I don't I wasn't really thinking I was just yeah. reacting. Yeah. And that's the problem. We got to quit reacting. Yeah. And act first instead of reacting. Yeah. Because reacting 
isn't helping. It could be too late. Yeah, you're reacting to a situation that's already in progress. But that was the problem I had. Yeah. I I think that's part of it. The problem is too big. Yeah. But it's not. Because if everyone puts some skin in the game, yeah, we could get our hands around it. We could. Yeah, I agree with you. But we're so focused on fighting over the money or fighting over the cause or fighting over whatever. It's like, you know what? You can blame people later. Right now, we got to get our we got we got to save our kids. We got to save our youth. We have to save them, man. And that I think is the part that I think that's the failure of people who haven't been in part of church. Yeah. Because as a I mean, when I worked at my church as a volunteer and then an intern, yep. I knew kids were having a hell of a time. I yeah. knew it. I, oh, there yeah. was no question life was rough. But when these things started coming in, it that's got, when things got worse. It got way worse. Yeah. It was and, exponentially yeah. worse. And I think we feel, or again, this is a big we, this is not me, we feel like there's no way to, to fight against this. And there absolutely is, but you have to be willing to get to get into it. You have to be willing to say, dirty, okay, man. cool, I'm going to take your phone away. Um, um, so, yeah, I just. <sighs> it was scary, man. Oh, no. I, I It was terrifying. I'm, 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 I'm sitting in your, your the, the conversation you just had. Um, yeah, it's ter- it was terrifying. But man, I don't think so I think I don't think your son is an outlier. No, I think he's more of the rule than the exception. Yeah, and there are kids who are in varying places of that journey, and some have some have gone full speed, and some are on that edge. Yeah, and the more people talk about it, the more conversations come out of this. The more people go, "Oh yeah, this is an issue. This is a problem. We need to figure this out." Um, but it needs to be everybody, all or nothing. It yeah. And it doesn't need to come in the form of a program or a presentation. Because no. I'm not going to curse on this program, but beep, 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 it's a bunch of beep. Like, I just, the best thing you can do to a kid is show that you care. To acknowledge <laughs> their existence yeah. and accept them for who they are. Yeah. You may not like them. You may not like their lifestyle choices. You may not like that. None of that matters. It don't matter. What man. matters is the soul inside needs to know that someone cares, that someone on, acknowledges Aaron. their existence yep. and cares enough to say, "Hey, I see you. Let's let's engage. Yeah, and let's keep doing this every day until finally yeah. I might get a hello out of you, and that will send me over the moon because yeah, then progress. now I got to work to getting to you actually to say something to me. Yeah, and that will be a celebration on in my corner." <laughs> You can't Good not. Point. You cannot work with youth and children and students and think that you can just not talk to them and not engage them and, and just oh it'll be no. Here, here's what I have found: when you are a Christian, you going to work yeah. is not your. That's not your calling. No, I found this out the hard way. So like, I would go to work. I'd say, work. It's just work. Yeah, I'm gonna go do my job and come home. Yeah, it did, it did not work for me. I had to really care about people yeah. because my job, yeah. it requires that you care a lot, yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. IT, IT people should care a lot yeah. because we're we're servants, mm-hmm. and so if we're going to be servants, we need to get our heads out of our rear end yep. and be servants. Yeah, and so what I want to figure out how to do the conversation of all this. Yeah. 
is my son, when he said he was going to kill himself, it terrified me. Yeah. I have never been so sleepless and scared in my life. Yeah. And so, and then when he actually, I found out he actually tried it. Yeah. That just killed me. Yeah. I'm like, why would my son want to do that? I love him and he knows I do. Right. But here's the thing. It's not just your love that matters. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's the world around him. That's exactly right. That also matters. And if he doesn't know that other people in his life love him. Yeah. It doesn't disqualify your love. It doesn't mean your love was wrong. It doesn't nope. mean your love wasn't, wasn't enough. Yeah. But it's a it's 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 more complex than that because I know there are a lot of people who like when someone commits suicide they go but I thought I loved him enough I I was loving I was like yeah you weren't the problem no and I don't I, I hesitate to even say you're the the problem but you're not the one that that failed here yeah someone else or someone's else failed to reach out and do what needed to be done yeah and. I don't want to fail. No, and I don't think I don't. anybody does. But I think that's that's how serious we need to take it. Is is that we have we have people that we and you have people you interact with on a daily basis. You don't know what they're going on. You don't know what's uh, carrying because you may or may not have an intense relationship with them, and you shouldn't have an intent deep relationship with everybody in your workplace. But you know there are people in your workplace who are having a rough time, and yeah. you know you know there's it's, it sucks, and you know there's they're going through stuff. Yeah. And the best possible thing you can do is just say hey. Glad you're here today. Hey, you want to say lunch? something. Say to something him. to him. Like, yeah. hey, what's going? Well, how you doing? Um, have you ever watched the show Ted Lasso? Uh, no, I had, it's I on. It's, it's on Apple TV, so you'd have to subscribe to it. And uh, I know how you feel subscriptions. Oh my goodness! But Ted Lasso, yeah, is one of the greatest television shows of all time. Are you serious? It is impeccably written, impeccably acted. And Ted Lasso, so the uh, the story is Ted Lasso. Interesting. He's a coach in Kansas of a football team, and they went all the way, and they won the championship. Yep, yep. So a soccer team, football team in the United Kingdom, hires him to turn around their to turn around their team. Ted Lasso is a unending fount of optimism. Yeah. And the first thing that happens, <laughs> he is he is an unending he is fantastic to watch. He's an inspiration. His character is just like man. I need to do more of that. But there's a there's an equipment manager on yep. the team, and I think his name is Nathan. And before when so when Ted Lasso is the is the title character, yep. comes in and starts taking charge of the team. He asks, he's like, "Oh, hey, you're the equipment manager. What's your uh, Nathan? You're the equipment manager." He's like, and Nathan's like, "No one's ever asked me my name. No one knows my name." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I'm going to know it now, Nathan. Let's get to work." And throughout that show, I mean, there's some ups and some downs in the characters. It's beautiful. Oh, I got it. I got to get it now. It's really awesome. Nathan's story yep. within that is just incredible because he f- he's he feels seen suddenly and he has the confidence to suddenly take part in the team and suggest ideas and they acknowledge his ideas as good. And they're like, "Hey, you got some cool ideas. Hey, you should And there's a moment oh, that's interesting. There's a moment that comes and spoiler alert if you're wanting and it's 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 kind of cool. <laughs> there comes a moment where he is no like he walks in and there's yep. somebody else who's the equipment manager. He's like, what's going on? Who are you? What are you doing here? And Ted Lasso comes in on his phone. He's like, what's going on, Ted? He's like, I don't know. I'm trying to find out. What, who's replacing me? I don't know. You're not fired. And he, then he puts on his phone. You're not fired because you got a contract as a coach. Because oh, he had shown himself darn. to be good. And Ted Lasso and his coaching team was like, this kid knows what he's talking about. We are going to acknowledge his skills. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna oh, try him out a little goodness. bit. 
and we're going to give him what he needs. We're going to give him a coaching gig on our team. See that? That moment in that show, I had to play it back a couple times because it's just – it's everything that comes with knowing your people, knowing what they need, knowing their potential, knowing their capability. And you can extend it to kids, knowing your students, knowing their capabilities, knowing what they need, knowing what they want, knowing how to reach them, knowing how to show them something cool, whatever – I had a student who she has a guitar. She has an amp. She didn't have a chord. And so I had an extra guitar chord. And I said, hey, try this out. See if it works. I said, I don't know if it'll work. I knew it worked. But I was just <laughs> like, yeah, I just found this. Just try yeah, it we, it's just, yeah, whatever. She was in the she, corner. <laughs> and she comes back the next day. She's like, thank you. It worked. I said, cool. You can keep it. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. You need the chord? You got it. Huh. I, can, I mean, I, in my head, I'm like, I can go buy a chord for 10, 15 bucks. But it was like, the point of it was, she was like, yeah, I don't have a, she was just talking about it. I was like, hey, what do you, you I heard you have a guitar, you have an amp, but you don't have a chord. Yeah, I just, I, I can't afford it or I can't get it. I was like, no, okay, cool. Didn't say anything else. Found me a chord. And then by the end of the day, I was like, hey, take this home. I just, like I said, found in the corner. I got one over there. Yeah. But like, I, I had it. I was like, I, yeah, yeah. fine, whatever. I don't need it. Next day, she was over the moon. Thank you for that chord. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it. It's yours. See, that, it's that little bitty difference yeah. because they, because Isaac, he, he had like this, it was like this fog over him, yeah, like a darkness where he yeah. couldn't see through it. Yeah. That's what it kind of seemed well, like to it's, me. It's the light, it's, the, it's that, that's that there are lights shining through that darkness in the, in the, in the guise of teachers and, and adults at the school and whatever, like that's what matters Man, that is, is that, crazy. you know, he, like he would, if, if he had had his entire team, like engaging with him on a daily yep. basis. Hey, yep. how you doing? Hey, bud, you look a little down. Is there something I can do? Hey, you want to, you want to, co- you should check out this book. Hey, what are you looking do? like anything and everything you can find a way into a kid's life, do it because as teachers, that's our charge. Teaching is a sacred duty. And oh, it is, you are a, not it is a sacred and sacrosanct duty with which we hold a child's life in our hands. Literally. And you do. If you are not willing to engage and at least at a minimum, acknowledge, accept, and find out what you can be doing for that child yeah. in your classroom, you need to rethink your professional choices. You, you need to go somewhere else. Um, yeah. yeah, please do. You're hurting more than you're That's the same as in an office building. If you're a manager of a team, you should be talking to your team. You're not going to be their friend, but you're going to be their leader. Hey, good morning. Welcome to, welcome to Monday morning meetings. We're going to start off with some good things. Uh, my good thing is I woke up this morning, man. I was tired. I had my weekend was awesome, but man, I'm I'm struggling. But I'm here and I'm ready to work with y'all. That's my good thing. Hey, what's your good thing, Phil? Oh man, uh, I got to go and see a play on Friday. Oh crap! What kind of play was it? Oh, it was like a musical, and there was like these these greasers, and it was amazing. Oh my gosh, what play was it? Oh, it was this play? Blah, blah. Dude, I'm gonna check that out. Thanks for sharing that with me. Hey, you know Turn. Gregory, what'd you do? Oh man, I just I just sat on my couch all day. Like, oh, cool. What'd you watch? Oh, I watched this show. It was, you know, Godzilla Ball and Oh, really? Oh, cool. I love Godzilla, man. You should, I, I'm going to check that out. Can you send that email to me about the title? And you hold a Monday meeting like that. So then Tuesday morning, you have a quick another huddle. Hey, I watched that Godzilla movie, man. It was awesome. That good was call. Good call. Sweet. And then they're like, hey, what are we going to do today? Hey, guys, how, like, you build in those relationships yep. where they know that you care enough to ask, but you're not asking for their life story. You're asking for, hey, I'm looking for some information. So then as time goes, you revisit that. You'd be like, hey, do you see that Godzilla trailer for the new movie coming out tomorrow? Really? There's a new trailer? Yeah, man, just drop. You should check it out on YouTube. <laughs> like, people care that you acknowledge that. Like, what? You knew? You remember that? Dude, I remember that. Yeah, you talked about it. You were lo- loving it. 
the power of that, both in an academic setting, but also in a professional setting, yeah, it's incredible. It it makes a huge difference. I've I've had bosses who remembered things that I didn't think they remember, and I was like, that that motivates me. That oh, motivates yeah. me more to show up. So if a kid knows that you care enough about their experience or their thing or whatever, oh, yeah. Yeah. they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to show up to class on Friday because I know Aaron's going to ask me about this game that I'm playing, and I I want to share. I want to tell him. They're like, all right, let's go. So that's that, crazy. I, anyway, so that's. You asked the question. You wanted to go hard into the conversation. I think. Oh, yeah. I think we did. We um, did. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. But I, I don't. I, I want people to know that you're not. You know, suicide is not painless. Suicide is hard. Yeah. It's on a lot of people. But the in order. Oh, to, is it ever? In the in order to push back on that idea that it's a way out, they need to know that there's other ways for them to get what they need. Yeah, exactly. There's other ways to get that love. Yeah. There's other ways to get that connection that's exactly right because connections save people yeah it's i know i'm gonna change the way i do things i think for me it's it's rem- reminding to. myself that's uh, in my with my in my classroom to do yep. more of that um it's just it's it's that re 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 lighting the fire um of passion of drive and of of, of wanting to know about oh, yeah. your kids um about your students about anything you're doing and again you don't do it True. like as just like to overwhelm them you just you just start showing interest it's just like hey you you see them? Yeah, you acknowledge. <laughs> hey, good morning. We have a we have a janitor in our building. Um, her I'm not gonna say her name. Her name is we'll go, we'll go Georgia. Her name is Georgia. She's a lovely lady. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. She we have two hours of her a day. She's great. I make sure that I say hello to her at least a couple times a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because in a lot like when I used to work at the hospital as a housekeeping manager, people ignored our housekeepers. Like, like heavily, like heavily yeah. ignored them, didn't yeah. acknowledge their existence, and actively tried to get like tried to antagonize them yep. with like blaming them for not doing a good job or whatever. Oh yeah, and it was like they're human beings. You need to accept so that they're humans doing, and acknowledge man. their humanity, <laughs> and get off that little golden thing that you're sitting on, and let's get down to business where we are as human humans, one on one, one to one, trying to get through the day. And that's my message: is like. Darn. We're all we're all dealing with something. We're all dealing with some something or some things. All of you. We all we are. can get we can we 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 can do it together. We should never try and do it alone. Never you ever can't do it by yourself. In in the world of ever, has anyone dealt with something extraordinary and then just been like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna one player it? No, they don't work bring that it, way, bring man. It, bring in that bring in that multiplayer, man. Bring it. Bring in your bring in your bring your party with you. Because yeah. your party will support you, and your party will get you through. Oh, yeah. And you'll be there for your party when they need the help. So oh, I got a new saying. Okay. Make your life care. Ooh. Darn. I'm going to sit in that for a second. Yeah, make, I had to Make, sit, make your sitting, life care. I was sitting here thinking about that a lot. I think that's. Darn. That's interesting. I don't know where that even came from. Make your life care. I got nothing on that one. That's a that's a that's a bomb dot com one right there. Just drop the oh. mic. I mean, we won't drop these mics because they're nice. But <laughs> they were only ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep them in, in good yeah. condition. Let's, yeah, not, they are let's good. not try and they're blow decent them up. mics. Make yeah. your make your life care. Yeah. Okay. There you go, everybody. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Thank y'all for watching or listening. Yeah. You're not watching nothing, but yeah. my name is Chris. My name is Aaron. And we appreciate your time and we hope that you really learned something from this. We really make your life care do that everybody care about make your life care and you are possible there you go thank y'all for listening peace out peace everybody that was good